In the news this month, the Decadal Review, Iodine Propulsion, and the launch of DART. Firstly, in the United States, the Decadal Review, made by the National Academies of Science, Engineering, and Medicine, has been published. This is done by the Board of Physics and Astronomy, usually around the start of a new decade, and outlines key proposals for what will be done in the future for astronomy. The US as a country is the world's largest investor in astronomy, so this review is very important in shaping how the field progresses. To give a few examples, the review from the 1970s pushed for the construction of the Very Large Array. The 1980s review pushed for a space-based advanced X-ray telescope, which resulted in the launch of the Chandra X-ray Observatory in 1999. The review in 2001 led to the construction of the James Webb Space Telescope. The major proposal this time is for a large 6-metre diameter space telescope in infrared, optical and ultraviolet. The telescope would be able to perform imaging and spectroscopy with the sales pitch being that it could be used to detect biosignatures in habitable zone exoplanets. More broadly though, with recent missions giving astronomers large numbers of exoplanets found, this telescope would be able to focus on interesting targets, giving more detailed spectra so we have a better idea of their composition. The plan would be for this telescope to be planned later this decade, with an initial launch date in the 2040s. Other proposals in the Decadal Review include maintaining the Explorer program and the creation of a probe class of missions. The Explorer program involves smaller, low-budget space missions. It is split into medium class, small, and university class. They tend to be missions with a single or narrow focus, meaning they still produce high-quality research at those budgets. For example, both ACE, the Advanced Composition Explorer, and WMAP, the Wilkinson Microwave Anisotropy Probe, are Explorer medium-class missions. The previous Decadal survey pushed for an expansion of the Explorer program, leading to more proposals and more successful launches. This decade, one of the major proposals is to build on this program, and in particular to keep the launch rate high for these smaller missions. The idea for the probe class comes from the review seeing a large gap between the medium class explorer missions and the major missions, what the review refers to as large strategic missions. This gap is rather obvious in terms of the finances and timescales. The largest medium explorer missions cost in the hundreds of millions, capped at $350 million, and there is nothing between that and Planck or JWST size missions. The proposed probe class would have a funding cap like the explorer missions, but larger, and aim for a launch every decade. Far more regular than the flagship telescope launches. In other news, a paper has recently been published reporting on the use of iodine as a way to propel small satellites. The key to this idea is that of electric propulsion, which works by first ionising a gas, then it is possible to accelerate those ions to produce thrust. Currently, these systems use xenon as their propellant, but as the authors point out, xenon is rare, expensive to make, must be stored at high pressure. Iodine has been proposed as an alternative many times before. It would eliminate the need for high pressure containment and is less rare than xenon. However, this is the first time an iodine propulsion system has been tested by performing manoeuvres in space. The paper shows a test of an electric propulsion system using iodine as a propellant, detailing the construction of the system, which was built into a CubeSat then describing tests of propulsion system on Earth in a cryostat, before finally detailing a test of the system in orbit, which results both from onboard telemetry and from being tracked by the US Sky Surveillance Network.
Some of the technical challenges this project faced include the electronegativity of iodine, which was mitigated by using a polymer film coating on many of the parts, and the use of technical ceramics such as zirconium oxide used to make some of the components. Also, the potential problem of vibration breaking the initially solid iodine was solved by embedding the iodine in a ceramic block. The paper demonstrates the cost savings from using iodine as the propellant, both in reducing the cost of the fuel itself, but also reducing the cost of the hardware needed, mainly as iodine can be stored as a solid and sublimated, meaning no need for the high-pressure containers used in xenon systems. In future, this lower cost could enable more small-scale missions to include propellant, as currently many CubeSat missions do not. This means an opportunity for more interesting science results due to small, low-cost satellite missions adding the ability to position themselves in space, and the ability to bring a far larger fraction of our small missions out of orbit, while currently most CubeSat missions are left in space. Finally, the DART mission was launched. DART, standing for Double Asteroid Redirection Test, is a mission to impact an asteroid in order to redirect its orbit. The target is a binary asteroid system of Didymos and a smaller orbiting satellite, Dimorphos. The plan is to crash DART into Dimorphos and observe how it moves in response to the impact. As Dimorphos is orbiting Didymos, we have a great knowledge of its orbit. In particular, we know its current orbital period to an impressive degree of accuracy. The reason for this experiment is because this method is a good way to prevent near-Earth objects from reaching Earth. If one were to be on a collision course with Earth, we would want to force it away. However, destroying the object could still be dangerous, replacing one large object with a large number of smaller fragments. The safe option would be to give a small kick to the asteroid, nudging its orbit while it is still a safe distance to the point that it is no longer a danger to Earth, without causing it to break up unpredictably. DART will let us test this idea in space on a system which is far away and on an orbit which does not intersect with Earth. The mission also includes the light Italian CubeSat for imaging of asteroids. Ten days before impact, this smaller satellite will separate from DART and will use both a high-resolution imager and a large field-of-view camera to record the impact. Between these recordings and other measurements of the Didymos-Dimorphos system, we should be able to study in detail the effect of the impact. That was the news this month, now back to the studio.